You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all, we're back for episode 5 of Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark and with me co-hosting, as usual, is Hyung and John. So guys, right off the top, I just want to remind you that I predicted the Atlanta Hawks would go to the finals and I believe <laughs> I was laughed at when I first said that. <laughs> but by the time this airs, who knows, the Hawks might be out and especially just <laughs> finding out from Young <laughs> that Trey Young isn't playing today. Yeah, sorry, sorry um, yeah. to burst your bubble there, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, he's out for game four. But the Hawks are winning currently, so we'll see. Yeah, and and I still believe in Trey, so it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Well, apparently <laughs> I do too because I, I I bought in, so I'm on board with you. <laughs> yes, changed one person's mind. All right, yeah, I, you know, I wonder when the hobby is going to give Trey his proper respect. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's coming. It's coming. And quickly, any NHL predictions? You guys been following Tampa Bay? Versus Montreal, who oh. I still can't believe made it to the finals. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, if there's Leafs fans listening, they'll probably hate me for this because we're all Leafs fans. But I'm kind of rooting for the Canadians. I think we have oh, to. Wow. I think we have to. Yeah, no, no. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think we're supposed to, but they're man, they're 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 fun to watch. They're built well. Cole Caulfield. Um, I'm a big fan of Carey Price, so I kind of want to sure. see Carey Price win a cup and Shea Weber I love Shea Weber but it's gonna be tough man like they Tampa Bay steamrolled them last game so they 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 got some work they got some adjustments to do but um yeah I'm kind of uh I'm secretly rooting for the Canadians (laughs) secrets out but I I think (laughs) I'm one of those Leafs fans man if the Leafs can't win it no Canadian team I I don't want any Canadian (laughs) team to win it there you go yeah die hard that's actually normal yeah I'm I'm probably the (laughs) abnormal one all right, that's cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on then to hobby headlines. And if you missed last week's episode, we talked about things in the hobby that don't make sense or use real-world logics, and we call that hobby logic. And one example, I think you brought it up, Young, is why certain refractors or parallels, like the waves and the shimmers, are far less valuable than the true refractors, which have the same print number. So for one reason or another, you know, there's no love for certain things in the hobby. So this week's topic is kind of related to that idea where we're going to explore why there's no hobby love for a certain player or certain card or certain set. And I thought we can just go around and share maybe one or two of those things, whether it's a card or anything in the hobby, really, of what each of us, you know, personally think should deserve more hobby love, you know, and it, it could end up being a great early investment since you know no one's really into it right now so yeah and any thoughts anything that comes to your mind right away i'm gonna move into like the the hobby sets like the the bowman sterlings tops mm, finest stadium okay. club mm, yeah mm. i think long yeah. term like extreme value there's a lot of extreme value there i don't know what what mm. about you guys yeah, I mean, if, going back to those sets, you think, I mean, they look really nice. Like the art, especially Stadium Club, we talked about this in the last episode. Do you think this just not, people just 
Well, that's the thing. It's like, what, what's the it? difference? What's what's the difference, right? It's like uh, long term. I'll, I'll give you an example. Mike Trout. Look at his Topps Finest and right. Bowman Sterling. Mm-hmm. Right. So like right. looking at it where I mean, st- I think it's still undervalued personally, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, comparing newer sets like a Tatis Bowman Sterling or, you know, Acuna Finest or whatever it is. Right. You right. could kind of draw the comparisons that, hey, it might be a really good long term investment based on kind of like the hobby logic. Like, I, right. I think I think those sets are like you could find 2019 Tops Finest, for instance, locally at a, at a local card store. The fact that mm-hmm. you could still rip a hobby box is is ridiculous. Right. And because we chase after the I guess the the flagship stuff, the typical, you know, Tops Chrome or, you know, Tops Paper. Yeah. But, you know, there's for there's sure. so many different. Uh, great sets, I think, that are long-term investments like Bowman Sterling, Bowman's Best, Top's Finest, that uh, that get absolutely no love, right? So, right. right. Except yeah. except Bowman Bowman's Platinum, that thing sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's uh, if, if they meant it to be like a higher end set, but yeah, it gets absolutely no love. But even yeah, Bowman Platinum, crushed. like think, uh, like I I seen a like a Vladdy refractor um, on right. on that like go for like. You know, a PSA 10 go for like a hundred bucks or something like that, or 175. And I'm like, you know, long term, that's not a bad card. You know, if right. yeah. it's a Vladdy rookie at the end of the day, and if it's numbered, right? Mm. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Like some of those sets, like you just mentioned, and that's why I brought up these can be really good early investments because right. if you believe there's no good reason that the hobby hates these products. But people one day realize, or collectors one day realize, that wait a minute, this is a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. rookie card numbered to ten or numbered right. to twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. Then, then that's my the point. value I can see shoot up. Yeah, for sure. It's like a select two, right? Like same thing too, yeah. right? Select versus prism. And Johnny, we always talk about this. You know, there's there's extreme value in select. I think mm-hmm. there's extreme value in select still, mm-hmm. and it's select color, but it gets no love, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Johnny? Um, yeah, this is tough, man. Uh, I don't know if what I'm about to choose is necessarily underrated, and I don't know if there's necessarily future value, but I'm going to go on the topic of hobby logic, and I'm going with 90s upper deck basketball. Mm. Okay. And I just, you know, like upper deck was, anyone who collected in the early 90s, upper deck was the shiz. Like that's what any other company was trying to mimic um and somewhere along the lines you know when they they got in trouble with all the 89 griffey overprinting or whatever and they start to lose a lot of their credibility um their image starts to go down and i think especially 90s upper deck basketball it's just it got completely crushed like anything 90s i don't know not one real high value main upper deck card other than maybe Shaq's um Shaq's draft card where it's like you know the triple image of Shaq mm, triple yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's probably the only player that has like a main rookie card right. in basketball that's mm-hmm. upper deck otherwise upper deck is really you know like that is the it's a poster boy of the junk wax era right so yeah so <laughs> I, 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 I I don't I don't quite say that it's underrated and I'm not quite saying that you, everybody should go invest but it's this whole so the whole hobby logic thing where everybody completely turned on upper deck and i'm just wondering um i choose upper deck because i i loved upper deck when i was young when we were younger yeah. like ripped so many packs. Set, yeah yeah everyone yeah, went high after, end like 
MJ, the inserts look great, but it gets no love, man. The inserts get no love. Like, the rookie cards don't get no love. Kobe rookies, like, they're fairly affordable for a rookie card. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I still don't know how exactly I feel, but I'm going to choose. Are you saying, are you saying, like, the hate's gone too far? Like, it was part of the junk wax era. Yeah. But um, compared to, the value of other junk wax era. Yeah, I mean it's inter- premium. Yeah, like it's cards, it's interesting know. to look at it because when we when anyone who collected in the early '90s, Upper Deck was like the king, and mm-hmm. if you couldn't afford Upper Deck or if Upper Deck was sold out, you would buy Fuller Ultra or you would buy Stadium right. Club, and if you look at it now, Stadium Club and Fuller Ultra in terms of brand or even in terms of desirability in, in vintage collecting, um, mm-hmm. they've they've far surpassed Upper Deck. You know, like. And and I think Fleur Ultra and Stadium Club are legitimate alternatives to uh, investing. Like if you're talking about um, Kobe rookies, Kevin Garnett rookies, Shaq rookies, I still think Fleur Ultra Stadium Club of those players is like an excellent buy. Um, right. But yeah, like it's it's interesting to to see the hobby logic where it just Upper Deck just took such a monster hit. And I think I I truly believe it's just because of what I just said. They're the poster boy of the '90s junk junk wax, and mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think I feel confident that it'll recover or that there's room here to make a play. But I just chose them because number one, hobby logic. It's a it's a fun topic, and number two, they, it was my personal favorite sets to go after when I was younger. So right. um, there's a lot of nostalgia when I think about upper deck uh, upper mm. deck basketball. Okay, I can see that for yeah. sure. That's a good choice um, for me. I picked more something more specific, and I'll start off with the SP Authentic Future Watch on-card autograph cards, mm. rookie cards for hockey. Yeah. Um, nice. Other than Upper Deck, the Cup uh, rookie cards, which is pr- pretty much the grail hockey cards yep. for high-end hockey collectors, um, I think the SP Authentic Future Watch should get a lot more love than it is right now. And I, I get hockey is... You know, not as big as basketball, baseball, or football. But, you know, I think as we talked about before, the sport of hockey, I believe, will get more popular in the States, especially with Disney having the rights to broadcast the games. Right. And if you look at the card itself, each of those future watch cards are numbered to nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. right. And the autographs are on card. And the look of the card each year is pretty much consistent. I love subsets of cards that are consistent year after year it gives mm-hmm. that continuity it makes it collectible especially for people that like to collect certain sets right so i think there's um value just in that like th- there are some collectors out there wanting to collect those cards and and yet like other than top top tier guys you know like you could get a i don't know tyler Sagan or like you know those even those mid-tier guys now they're sp Authentic future watch uh, on card autos are are oh, pretty cheap, super still. affordable, super you know what I mean? affordable. So I will make a play. Like I, yeah, I think I think it's just uh, one of those things I I just don't get. Yeah, as I'm you know as as we're talking about this, I feel like this is a uh, closely related to Hobby Logic. This might be Hobby Logic Part Two episode, right? right? <laughs> right. But but specifically, I was thinking of this set when I thought about talking about things that get zero hobby love right. or yeah. should get a lot more. That's a that's yeah, a good sure. pick because I, I actually thought about SB Authentic a lot. So um, I stopped collecting in 97 after the Tim Duncan year 
And mm-hmm. I got, I briefly got back into car. I mean, I always sort of paid attention to it, and I, I was watching people breaking the cup and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. But I briefly got back into it in '05, whenever Crosby Rookie Year was, and I remember the Crosby Rookie Year, the big set to go after was SP Authentic, mm-hmm. with the autos number tonight, exactly what you're talking about. And when you look at Crosby and Ovechkin Young Guns. You know, they go for 4K or 45K or whatever they go for. I think it might be lower than that right now. And then you look at their SP Authentic autos. Like the ratio is whatever the ratio. I think it's like 5X, 10X. It's way bigger than the uh, young guns. But then when you move forward 10 years and you exactly like you compare Tyler Sagan's young guns to his SP Authentic. You compare Patrick Kane's young guns to Mm -hmm. his SP Authentic autograph. Like the ratio is like 1.5x. It's it's barely different, right? Yeah. So I'm yeah. wondering if, if if it's an interesting conversation because I wonder if this is an actual play, like there's opportunity here, or I wonder if this the reason why the Crosby and Ovechkins go for so much was because that particular particular year, I think a lot of people came kind of came back into the hobby because sure. it was especially for hockey in Canada, it was the first year where you had generational potential prospects two of them in a, sing- a single set it's like getting lebron and kobe in one set right. so it was like a huge time like i i came out of the woodworks to buy <laughs> hobby boxes with my buddy yeah. and i we bought like three hobby boxes each of sb authentic to try to get those like crosby ovenska autographs and i wonder mm-hmm. if because of that memory or the nostalgia of that chase back in the day that's giving the push of Crosby and Ovechkin's cards to go up that much, or is it that SP Authentic is actually worth that much more? And there's an opportunity yeah. here. There's a play here to go after Matthew Barzell SP Authentic to go after Braden Point SP right. Authentic. I don't know, but it's yeah. it's a great. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a great. Uh, it's an interesting. SP topic. SP Authentic is 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 big time. I think like especially early 2000s. You look at like Tiger Woods. Mm like SP authentics compared yeah. to his upper deck. Like that's the big right. time card, right? That's the big time right. play. And those on card autos are, are so underrated. Like, and it, it's such a premium set. Even the biggest thing, the drawback for upper deck has always been the, the lack of fun and parallels, you know? So yeah. it's like yeah. uh, SP authentic actually has that, which is, which is, which is cooler. But yeah, definitely yeah. the autos I think are so underrated. I don't know the hockey market well, but for sure, I think any uh, product in that 2000 era, like that yeah. SP Authentic, was really, really hot at the time, and it was a big time product. Right. Totally, totally. Uh, my one of my biggest regrets in the hobby is um, I actually bid for a SP Authentic Future Watch um, BGS 95 mm. Alexander Ovechkin card, oh. and this is just when I got back Jeez. into it, and. Um, I bid, I think, 650. That was too much, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a turn back time <laughs> and not think that 700 was too much. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> and now it's like several thousand dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like, easily. Yeah. Ridiculous. yeah. Yeah. That's so but funny. That was, oh, man, that was a regret. So, and uh, I had another one. It's similar to my argument with SP Authentic is for basketball, the Panini Chronicles Origins on card autograph. I, Mentioned it briefly in the last episode, but if you take a look at those cards, same thing. Clean design, on-card autos. The base of that autograph set is numbered to 99, mm. and there are some parallels that are numbered to 49, and I think 25 even for yeah. some some of those uh, players. But 
it's so affordable compared to other autograph cards in 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 basketball like right. even right. i've seen even sticker auto cards of different sets go for a lot more than the panini chronicles origins on card autos right I, I don't get that either but same thing like <laughs> if you like a player look for the panini chronicles origins set right. and yeah it's it's i think it's a good buy i i have i have a trey young um <laughs> I have a, speaking of trey young <laughs> i have i have one of his panini chronicles origins on card auto number oh. to 99 oh, it's pretty nice. sweet nice. it's out to bgs and hopefully i get a good grade but We'll see. We'll see how it goes. There's a. I'm worried about one corner, but we'll see. <laughs> Hence, that's why I submitted to BGS. But sweet. Yeah. Any other cards that you could think of that should deserve more hobby love? Oh man, I, I not not on the top of my head, but I'm sure there's there's so many out yeah. there. And I, sure. at the end of the day, it's like we're talking here in 2021, right? It's like right now, this we're using our logic here, but. That's why it's like 10 years from now, we'd be looking back and saying, remember that time we passed up on, you know, whatever it is, right. that Bo Bowman Sterling or Bowman Pel Platinum for you, Johnny, that, that <laughs> Vlad Guerrero that, you know, and then we, we laugh yeah. because we see the prices 10 years from now and we realize it's the same thing that happened with Trout. Like no one, no one was on Bowman Sterling Trout, the 2011, his rookie, rookie right. card. And now it's like, right. you know, still a hot commodity, right? Anything Trout really at this right. point yeah. so yeah like like i said there's there's a lot of uh i think opportunity like you said clark with like the sp authentic autos in the in the hockey and uh and whatnot and there's yeah yeah there, there's a bunch so take take advantage yeah. while you can <laughs> don't well, think you're totally. stupid because you're not buying <laughs> yeah well when young when you talk about like taking it taking advantage or like you know seizing an opportunity like you you've mentioned this to me so many times like chasing a um, a particular color doesn't matter the set but if right. you if you chase like a popular co color for example the all-time classic color in any kind of refractor is is gold right right so right. whether it's bowman sterling or bowman platinum or tops right. finest like don't underestimate the value of that gold number to 50 or whatever it's number two in the absolutely. future right yeah like yeah, the louis absolutely. robert for example tops finest gold yeah. you could probably buy it right now for like under 200 Right, and yeah. people are are sleeping on it. People are not going to wink at it. But in the future, like look at look at anything trout gold. Doesn't matter what the right. set, what set. For sure, absolutely. You know, it could it could be upper deck gold. You know, if that if it, if it existed, but mm -hmm. it would it would sell for so anything, much. Anything right? anything so. numbered really, right? True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But even when, with when the numbers years... like a like a a black or a gold, like some of the popular colors, right? Yeah. This this is what happens. Like right now, everybody's trying to you know make that flip. So you know you see those cards kind of surface. Right? right, but as years go by, and you know, uh, hobby boxes become so ridiculously expensive, no one's mm -hmm. ripping. You know, the pop yeah. count is what it is, right? And people end up, you know, locking some cards in the safe that end up kind of like not resurfacing, right? So as years go by, number like like I said, a, a numbered LeBron James nowadays is yeah. insane, right? right? Yeah, like if if we are talking, we are back in two thousand three, there would be a lot more numbered cards of lebron available because people are not thinking of the long term they're just trying to make that you know oh i made that thousand dollar flip or two thousand dollar flip right so i think yeah. i think long term that's why i always say you know like the golds are the golds like you bought that tatis uh, bowman sterling i think that was a great yeah. purchase it's a gold numbered to 50 you know right. and mm -hmm. it's now you have it it's not like you're gonna sell it you're locking it in the safe 
You know, that was, mm. there are 49 left now, right? So it's like yeah. as that time goes goes on and, you know, generational talent does generational things, you know, that's mm-hmm. where uh, the fun, I think, starts kicking. And that's where I like to kind of keep our focus on because I think that's where you'll win out and you'll enjoy yourself the most because you're going to be rooting for the player that whole time uh, and you have a lot of stake in in that players right so right yeah right yeah totally agree and to your earlier point young when you mentioned that down the line you'll see those opportunities come to fruition mm-hmm. or you'll see you'll see the benefits of going after some of the things that don't make sense now right come to fruition <laughs> in the future like i mean we're talking about that now from the things that we you know should have invested in three years ago even you know? right yeah no i i yeah 100 percent. i agree well, we should have trusted yeah. our gut back then so <laughs> yeah you learn for sure all right so just moving on i wanted to introduce this new segment today especially after what we talked about with cards that deserve more hobby love and it's called dead wrong <laughs> <laughs> All right. As much as we, you know, we like to be right about everything, sometimes, you know, our predictions just don't pan out. And I think we are more right than we are wrong. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the market is always right. So in, t- in the interest of full transparency and just to remind others that when collecting as an investment, there's always some level of risk involved. I thought we can tell our listeners just one of our dead wrong predictions or dead wrong moves that we've made in the hobby who wants to go first (laughs) i'll go first uh other than me selling i guess the opposite selling cards too early thinking that you know prices (laughs) will go up um i I did that with tatis and i totally regret it but um we'll go the other way and i i I would say i'm i wouldn't say i'm dead wrong because i still believe in the kid but uh i would say tyler hero for me um, mm-hmm. he's a guy that I got emotionally attached to because I've been following him. You kind of, kind of follow him, his, his journey, you know, high school through Kentucky, you know, and then you kind of follow his journey with all the haters. And then he finally makes the playoffs and you're like, yes, you know, and he, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he shows up in his first year and, you know, that's when, you know, I held through the whole time and I kept on, you know, adding to the collection because I truly believed in him. And then he goes and does some questionable stuff you know it's like what are you doing but i mean i i think his make or break is still next year and Mm. the year after absolutely and we'll see you know but as of right now you know heroes prices have tanked and you know and it's definitely not a sell at this point because i think you'll just kind of like i'm not giving up on the player himself sure uh but yeah that's probably one 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 area i thought you know i was going to see more a little more success from tyler hero but then i realized you know what he's a 20 year old kid and prices are inflated for him and to be honest to be to have it sustainable um to where it was is not realistic so that's one of Hmm. my guys that i would i would say that i kind of am holding the bag a bit Hmm. i think the lesson there is, and I'm sure we've all experienced something like that, is that when things, when you recognize card values spiking, and and then you you know you know in your head that it's probably not sustainable, mm-hmm. it might be a good time to sell some of those cards and then reinvest it, and then you can always jump back in later too, right? Like right, right, sometimes we right. always think that the cards, every card we love and cherish, <laughs> will go to the moon, but yeah, that's not always yeah, the yeah, case. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely a good lesson I've learned personally as well. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, How about you, Johnny? For myself, you know, like I've, I've mentioned on this podcast, like I, I got back into this about, uh, I want to say about 18 months ago now. So everything that I have, I wouldn't say anything. You know, you, everyone's kind of got the, the, the Kesson heroes and, 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 and of the world <laughs> right. where, where, you know, the some of my cards that I've collected uh, since I got back into it still have an opportunity. It's not like a complete failure. So I don't really... I'm gonna I'm gonna switch this up and I'm gonna like I always do like a like an idiot I'm gonna I'm gonna change up the rules a bit <laughs> but I'm gonna go with like a future dead wrong for myself so okay. for myself um, I know everybody's kind of you know the the hype is simmered a bit but I am not and I've never been on the Zion train I don't own own any of his cards when he was coming into the league you know we all saw his highlights from when he was in high school and when he was at Duke. Um, you know, even amongst my friends as we chatted, like I was always the one to say, like, I'm taking Ja Morant number one over Zion. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can understand from a business standpoint, New Orleans, they got to make money, they got to sell jerseys. 100% makes sense for them. But I was I was personally picking Ja. And I just like we've we're old enough now to have seen players like Zion, right? We've the, the OG is like. You know, Dominique Wilkins, we've got like Sean Kemp, Vince Sean Carter. Sean Kemp's a good one, yeah. yeah. Blake Griffin, yeah. like these are like, you know, freak of nature athletes that are just highlight real packages when they're young kids because they're, they're, mm-hmm. they can just jump through the roof and just dunk on anybody. Um, right. But these kind of players, they, they don't necessarily win championships. They're not necessarily the guys that you would give the ball to in the last 30 seconds. Like that's what people want to see. And hence that's why, you know, like somebody like Giannis is, is kind of taking a bit of a hit in terms of his like reputation. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm not on Zion. I still think there's opportunity as an investment, but I think a player like Zion has a, has a shelf life. So there comes a, you know, there comes a caution with a player like that that's me so this is going to be like my dead wrong prediction i could be completely wrong <laughs> and zion could go on and win like four championships and like become like one of the top 10 players all time and i'm sitting here going oh my goodness i should have like loaded up on prisms but i'm yeah you know for the next little i, I don't think i'll ever be buying any zion so that's going to be okay. my future dead wrong pr- prediction <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's an interesting take, and all those reasons you mentioned are legit. We'll see how that pans yeah, out. Yeah, I, I I had a hockey dead wrong, but I I just switched up last minute. I was like, it's kind of boring to talk about this one, so I I, I switched it to Zion. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Mine is well. First, I'm not gonna talk about like all the cards I invested early on when I got back into the hobby, like prospecting, pure prospecting. There's right. obviously high room for error. And I think I mentioned a couple of last time, like Manuel Margot, I thought he would be the, I thought he would be the next Mookie Betts. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, that didn't happen. And Gregory Polanco didn't happen. But um, actually my uh, example is Mookie Betts. And I think I shared this with you guys offline before, but I bought a Bowman Chrome, you know, autograph rookie base, a BGS 9.5 for $35 when it got back into wow. the hobby. Oh my so gosh. Cheap. And as soon as it doubled, $70, I sold. You paper-handed. You, know I mean? you paper-handed <laughs> so bad 100%. And, and it hurt me to do this earlier today. I wanted to see what it, the value of it was no. worth now. And I think the last one sold for 1900 US. Oh, brutal. Nice. So brutal. So that's, you know, like selling too early. And we talked about this, like uh, 
that's one of those things where yeah if you believe the talent you, you got to be careful about selling too but, early. But on the flip side, we always say profit is profit, right? So what did you do 100%. with your $35? That's the question. <laughs> I, th I think I bought Manuel Margot. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> refractor, all right? I, I upped the game. I doubled down on Manuel Margot oh, with the good. refractor number to four ninety nine. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes you got hey, to take uh, that, that, re that reminded me, like, um, this... <laughs> Right before, remember COVID, I think it was like a year ago in March, spring training hype. Um, mm -hmm. And I got a little worried uh, with Tatis. This is a story I was kind of telling you. And I was like, right, right. I had um, I had bought the that uh, following, it was December, I think November 2019. Um, I bought an Orange Wave Raw Tatis. Ooh, and okay. I, I think I won the bid at like 340 bucks US, an Orange Wave. I wow. sent it to PSA. Uh, and it ended up PSA 10 right? And at that time, it was like pop three. And yeah. March comes around, and this is before, you know, the COVID season. And I get a little worried because people are talking about, oh, the economy is going to shut down. Like, what's going to happen? And then sure. apparently this, you know, deadly virus is, you know, roaming around and mm -hmm. stuff. And I uh, I ended up selling um, that orange wave for 1300 bucks. And I was okay. happy. I was laughing. I was like, I, I did, sure, I did well. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you three, eight, three, yeah. three or four x your money, and and then it ended up uh, last year. My my copy actually, I think, ended up selling for like fifteen k, right? So <laughs> that one hurt a bit. And and that that same month, Clark, I uh, yeah. I sold uh, a Topps Chrome Fernando Tatis. Uh, green auto to number 99 mm -hmm. a bgs 1010 mm -hmm. and oh, yeah wow. so i i ended i bought that raw for 400 bucks that same time and then it ended up uh, uh pristining at bgs and i ended up selling Crazy. it for like 950 bucks so oh, yeah geez. you know what profit <laughs> is profit and yeah for sure <laughs> like you said it, it all what yeah you turned that money to tiger woods gold man yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. It's, it's what you do with the that's profits. what I probably did I, I ended up buying a boatload of Tiger Woods with that with that profit so I, I ended up yeah. doing well even though Tiger Woods kind of prices came down but uh, it went I went through the the cycle of you know when Tiger Woods was dirt dirt cheap nobody was on him and then <laughs> sure. the market absolutely exploded at one point um, yeah. and I, I rode that wave so I ended up doing well overall but yeah that that story that you you said with the the, <laughs> the Mookie reminded me of my Tatis and that's why I I hold all my numbered cards now you know I wish I had yeah. those cards back but you know I still have a nice uh, stash of Tatis um, sitting yeah. in the safe and they're not going anywhere for the next, you know, five, 10, 15 years. So learn your lesson. Yeah. That's another good lesson learned. And I think, you know what, like that reminds me of what we talked about in episode one, whether we were, whether we thought the sports market was undergoing an implosion or whether it was a strong market correction. And, and, you know, time and time again, over the past three, four years, especially we've, mm -hmm. um, been, a lot of people have been dead wrong about, the state of the sports card market, how strong and robust nobody it knows, is, right? right? Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. So lessons to be learned in the hobby while you're in it. For sure. All right. I think this could be a reoccurring segment. You know, there's always going to be plays where we don't get it right, but um, it's good to be transparent and 
yeah. we'll we'll try to revisit it every once in a while. Yeah. Check back with me in about a year. I'll have some major losses. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not not too major, but we'll yeah yeah, yeah. we'll follow up. <laughs> All right, uh, our last segment of this podcast episode is Fast Five. <laughs> And we've done this a couple of times already, but just to remind our listeners what Fast Five is all about, what we're what we're going to do is choose five players, and we're each going to say whether we're going to buy, sell, or hold any of these guys based on what they're doing now and how you perceive their card value at this current moment. All right. So the first one I had for this week is Justin Herbert, LA Chargers quarterback, one rookie of the year. And if you look at his prices right now, with football season just around the corner, it's spiking already. Like Herbert is the main guy to grab, you know. But uh, yeah, your thoughts: Are you buying, selling, or holding on Herbert? I think I am buying. I still think that there's room to grow because mm. we're in the infancy stages of football season. Still, I know um, we're still months away, a couple months away. But um, yeah, I mean, he's his prices aren't that that expensive so i think there's still a, a lot of room to grow but i would say buy with caution because it is volatile and you're going to probably if he doesn't perform you know you're most yeah. likely going to be holding the bags but i expect uh justin herbert to perform so i he's an exciting player to watch and you know he's been turning heads so for me i'm a buy and enjoy enjoy the football season when when you do buy so yeah yeah and his XRC, his XRC is sweet. So that's the card. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. I think has has a tremendous value in the future. So I think yeah. when I say buy, I'm not talking bases. I'm not, I'm I'm off base. I still think you know, like we talked about, select has extreme value there, and then his XRC and stuff like that. But yeah, sorry, and his numbered cards I think are good value compared to his base. Mm -hmm. So I'm a buy at, at at that. Sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no problem. Um, I'm, I'm complete opposite. I'm sell all the way. And <laughs> I, I say this with a grain of salt because I'm, uh, I, I used to be big into football back in the day, but not so much anymore. So I can't say with confidence, I am a football prospector, but just based on the, what I talked about in, in a couple of previous podcasts about LaMelo, um, I'm just not a buyer during the first year hype. And what better the hype you know, between LaMelo and Justin Herbert than to win Rookie of the Year and to look like the stud that everybody was prospecting you to be. It's just yeah. like the perfect time. Um, I, I, I think it's a sell all the way. If you believe in Justin Herbert, I think there's going to be opportunities to get back in. But for this coming year, 100% sell all the way. But I'm, I, I'm you know, I, I, I do agree with what Hyung says. If you're a bigger, if you're in the bigger market for some of the, the more expensive Herberts where like whatever vinyl number to five color blast, some of these crazier cards, mm -hmm. these are cards that, you know, after a couple of seasons, you're just, you don't, you won't see them on the market at all ever again. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. So there are times even during a down or up, up market, you have to take advantage of those buys if you're in the, if you're in that market. So in that sense, I agree with young, but overall, Justin Herbert, I'm definitely a sell. I can see both sides, but for me, I'm going to side with Johnny too. Like quarterbacks, football players in general, the level of injury risk is, you know, pretty high compared to yeah. other sports, I believe. And and in in football, 
like yeah for sure i like the idea that he's a quarterback like i don't invest in anything other than quarterbacks <laughs> right. to tell you the truth yeah but the only quarterbacks i believe in 100 percent right now are tom brady that are playing right now are tom brady which i can't afford and patrick mahomes right which i can't afford so, <laughs> so i'm not so i'm not investing so in why. any football there, quarterbacks. There, there you have it it's the only affordable option at this point yeah. <laughs> yeah. i guess so i you know i, I like joe burrow joe burrow but uh, no. um, he's coming off an injury <laughs> herbert over burrow any day yeah sure yeah. but i think the value is yeah, yeah, but value, anyway like yeah. <laughs> but yeah i like herbert i think he has definitely has obvious potential to take the next step but in terms of what I've been seeing in terms of prices, it's just to me a little bit high risk, mm-hmm. and and I rather if I had a card, if I pulled it out of a pack, like we we're saying earlier, I rather take those profits and then reinvest in something else that I'm more assured of. You know what I mean? So I think that's my play. Sell on Herbert. Okay, second guy, and I chose this guy because we have friends that invested heavily in this dude, Keston Hiura, Hiura, Hiura. Of the Milwaukee Brewers, you know there was high hopes. He had a pretty good rookie year, and you know we saw what he did in it, earlier this year. Just couldn't hit anything, yep. and he just came back, and he, now he's hitting a home run every other game. So, like, I guess the question is, which Hayura do we believe in? Like, is he back, or are we just going to be cautious? For me, I'm cautious. I went through my Hira uh, kind of uh, phase. I, I actually really like him as a as a baseball player I, i've been following him ever since he's been in college at um in california and he's mm. been a great he's a great baseball player but for me it's uh uh it's a sell i've been on him you know in 2019 when he he had a great season and his prices yeah. were actually really um like they're pretty decent like uh mm-hmm. i made made some decent uh money off off flips with uh with keston and I kind of got out before he kind of fell off the the rails la- the last two seasons. And part of it is for me, he defensively he's he's out of a position, right? It's like he's a he's a he's a barely serviceable second baseman, and basically got bumped to first base, which I I personally think like is is the biggest mental blow for you as a as a baseball player because everything is confidence remember like right. you know it's like hey hey you played second base all your life but now you're you know you're gonna move to first base <laughs> yeah. and just you know catch catch the baseballs just catch the baseballs right and then from there the expectation of a first baseman if you're playing a corner position in the uh in the infield in the big leagues your expectation is 30 plus home runs right in, in the corner sure. so like for me that's not I believe in his hitting ability like this guy can hit some bombs like I think he he, he uh, 162 game average he, he'll hit between 30 and 35 home runs which is incredible for a guy that's 5'10 180 you know is generating some some massive uh, torque there but yeah for me he's a he's a sell just because i already made profit off of him and i don't see me making any more profit off of him i still have a little bit of keston and it's not even worth selling at this point because you know you're 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 paying for the cost of grading essentially and getting the card for free sometimes you're making money so um at that point yeah he's a he's a don't uh don't sell or buy i guess (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah or hold yeah yeah. <laughs> got it. yeah yeah like i mean of everything that i've bought since i got back into it i think here and i mentioned this briefly but hira is the one that has lost me the most money um just because i bought a lot of his stuff when it was a lot higher and now it's literally worth the cost of grading but 
Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna say bye, and I'm not saying this because necessarily I I think Hira is gonna come back and he's gonna be the player that everyone thought he's gonna be. I think a lot of people have given up on him, which is fair. I think there's still a lot of people that believe in him, but I'm saying bye because I just took a look at his sapphire, and mm-hmm. the last couple sold. I mean, there's one that sold for seventy nine dollars. That's not so bad. If, Exactly. Yeah. So if you're, I'm just saying buy because if you're in that market, because there's not a lot of like cards that if some people, you know, my, my budget is $100 maximum for a card, like you're not really playing with much. So if you're in that balls, if you're in that space to buy a pretty decent prospect, albeit, you know, he, he, he's got one foot out of the majors, one foot in. But mm-hmm. if you really want to roll the dice here for 79 US on a Sapphire rookie PSA 10, like that's, that could be, you know, doesn't hurt your pockets if it goes to zero and if right. Hira comes back and he stays in the majors and he ends up making a carving a pretty good career or or even get getting hot from here to the rest of the season or gets hot next season like that's a card that'll easily come back yeah. pump back up to 300 us 350 us you mm-hmm. can 3 4x that easily right so for that reason i'm gonna say bye that sapphire okay. is his best card johnny i agree yeah that's 100 yeah. percent his best rookie card is a sapphire it's a unique image it's such a cool cool looking card yeah but mm-hmm. i agree yeah 79 bucks for a ps 79 bucks ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean so i cheap I, I bought that thing for 330 <laughs> oh <laughs> so. you might want to edit that one out clark or add to that segment of <laughs> yeah this is this is my so, this is dead wrong part two <laughs> buy high buy high solo <laughs> yeah <laughs> so johnny's holding <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, no i agree like uh keston sapphire for that price pretty sweet but i i think it's a trap <laughs> i think yeah you know? that's, that's fair i too. still think it's that's a trap too. yeah so i think um you know even when the brewers started the season and they're doing well right now as a team but it was largely without keston and and maybe he'll help down the stretch. But if I have Keston and, you know, the way he's swinging now, which he's on a good streak, if there's an uptick, I'm taking the opportunity to sell. <laughs> like, I've too many ups and downs for me yeah. with Keston. And, you know, I, I agree with, with what you said, Hyung. Like, um, you know, you got to account for the the mental aspect of the game. And, and I think, you know, every player goes through streaks and who knows the next bad streak, which Keston will definitely go on like any other player, right. how he'll handle that. Right. Like, you know, he's one of those extreme players, I think where mm-hmm. he either can hit, uh, bombs, um, you know, every other game or he's go, he's going for zero for 30, zero for 40, right, right, right. you know, those stretches and right. good luck trying to sell during those low points. It's, you know, um, to get it back up to a certain level where you think you can, get your money back it's harder to do that every time he goes through that kind of bad bad streak mm-hmm. so right sell for me on keston um next guy pete alonzo like i was actually eyeing this guy before the season started with lindor coming to the mets i think mets were going to be a good team and then this COVID year is like like so many injuries eh? mm-hmm. like ridiculous amount of injuries and that's impacted how teams play together as a team and i feel like alonzo i don't know has been quietly putting on a good season like you know it's just the Mets in general like have been relatively quiet. I think they should have a better record than they do have yeah, now for sure for some of the injuries. But you know, like home run derby's coming in the All Star. He's gonna try to uh, uh, go back to back, and that could add value. I don't know. But Pete Alonso playing for the Mets, a home run hitter. You know, generally you like home run hitters. What are you guys doing with with him? 
I like I like Pete Alonso as a player. I think he's exactly what kind of like the game needs um, in terms of his like likability, his personality, sure, um, yeah. his character in the clubhouse. Just uh, good for overall, good for the game. And I think Tops kind of like tried to really push that after his big rookie season, after he hit like fifty one home runs, and um, he was on the cover of you know every single box at that point. But like I said, you know, uh, it, after that rookie season, you know, it's that second year where, you know, you get tested. And I know it was a shortened season, but, you know, a lot more advanced scouting report with technology, uh, understanding, mm-hmm. you know, uh, players' uh, inconsistencies and, and exposing basically their weaknesses, right? So I think um, Pete Alonso is going to have a successful career in the big leagues, but I he's a 250, 260 hitter. You know, uh, the home run production, in my opinion, is not sustainable at 51. I think he's like a 30, 30, 30 home run hitter, which will mm-hmm. land him a good career. But I don't see him, I guess, advancing. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a sell at this point. Um, hmm. And maybe, uh, you know, ride the wave of stuff like the home run derby. But overall, like I've, I've owned a lot of Pete Alonso cards as well. So I've. I've I've seen the ups and downs of him too, and all I'm saying is, you know what? There's opportunity uh, because his cards are cheap. His cards did take a hit, but he's gonna have to do some spectacular stuff again for it to to move the way you would think it, uh, stats would move it. Otherwise, you know, he's he's a guy that you're you're just gonna you know roll the dice and lock in the safe, and if you have any higher end stuff, and see what he does. But at this sure. point in time, I'm a sell. Okay. Yeah. I'm nodding my head. I'm 100% in agreement with Hyung on this one. I have it written down as a sell. Um, I just think Pete Alonso is just way, like, for all the reasons that Hyung mentioned, he's just way too one dimensional um, mm. for us to see a good opportunity for his cards to really uptake, uptick, because it's really for him uh, so far, it's, it's just the home runs, right? It, that's all that really drives his value. Mm-hmm. So, unless he's crushing 50 a year, yeah, I just don't. Yeah. I, I just don't see his cards ever coming back up to like anywhere near some of the big dogs. So for that reason, uh, I just don't. You know, his cards are are so cheap that it's almost tough to say sell. But I feel like even at the cheapest points, you could take that money and put it into something that has opportunities to multiply a lot quicker than Pete Alonso. Because I just, I'm not sure if I see the multiplic you know, the, the card multiplying at right. all. Unless unless he does the unthinkable and just starts going off and winning triple crowns and stuff, I I, I don't see it. So I'm I'm a sell. Yeah, no, I can see both your points. I'm going the other way. It's it's a buy for me. And I think you mentioned it, Johnny. Like I think it's at a value right now where it's cheap. And I like guys that have done it before. Like obviously, his rookie season was spectacular, and and um, whether he can do it again is is a big question mark. But I'm gonna put Judge in the same category. Aaron Judge yeah, in the same very, category. Very similar. Guys that, mm. yeah, guys that have done it before, had a down second year or third year because pitchers adjusted, but now showing life again that they could adjust. You know, it's a cat and mouse game, right? right. You kind of learn from previous years and how you, you anticipate how pitchers are going to pitch you. Exactly. And, and I think uh, you know Alonzo is showing um, that he can adjust, and I think there's potential for me as a short-term flip, like whether, you know, it's a good time to buy now because it's cheap, but I could see another 40 home run season in him. And, 
you know, concerning the batting average, we said this before, he's batting 267 this year, which is essentially 300 in previous like uh, seasons, mm-hmm. you know, where, where batting average is on average a lot lower because everyone's right. trying to hit the home run, right? But 267 for me is a pretty decent average in today's league. And so I think there's definitely potential for his car to see at least a few multiple spikes throughout the year throughout mm-hmm. his uh, sorry throughout his career especially over the next two or three years i see that so and i like that he plays in new york so that's another tiebreaker type factor for me playing for a big market team so bye tops chrome especially that's yeah. <laughs> value right there all right uh we're gonna go to basketball now and uh, i picked Giannis. how do you say his last name i still don't know how Ante- Giannis. yeah I think it's a tentacle. Ante Tukumpo. Ante Tukumpo. I won't even attempt to say it. So Giannis. <laughs> yeah, Giannis rookie cards. What do you guys think? Like he obviously the Bucks are, as of this taping, are still in the playoffs and this could be the year. Could be the uh, year. But there's been criti- there's good there's criticism lately as well of whether he's actually uh the go to playoff guy, like if he has that those instincts. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, like He's one of is he just one of those guys that we lump into like a great regular season player, but not the greatest playoff player, you know? And will that impact his value um, in the future? I don't know. I'm I'm a I'm a buy. Uh, as I, 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 it's tough because his prices are not cheap, but mm-hmm. I, I Giannis is the type of player for me that you know is is the generational talent type player, and I I believe that. He's he's running deep into playoffs, you know, as you know, I think this is his fifth fifth or sixth playoff. Um mm-hmm. and I don't know how old is he maybe what anybody know 26, 25, 26, I don't know, but he's still young yeah, is my right whole there. point, right? And he's been playing in the league for he's a veteran now and you know, I I just see where, you know, obviously the leaders of you know, the pack like you know LeBron's prices end up going and the potential uh it is there right so i think there's extreme um opportunity in in Giannis even though his prices are still high i think his his prism base is w- went down to like 1200 and they're as high as like you know 3 grand or 3 and a half grand at one point and yeah. i know uh i shouldn't compare him to lebron but you know you see the dip in lebron's tops chrome and now a dip is you know under 10 10k right? right and that's that's considered a dip right uh so for me at under 2000 for a prism i think there's still room to grow but again and this is the difference too it's not you're not talking about a prism that's um you know, pop 10,000 to pop 15,000, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking about a prism that's pop 2,500 and, right. you know, and first that year, year yeah. first year, right. I believe 2012, uh, would have been first year of prism. Um, it was, but I think so, he was in another year. Oh, was he's he? not for, yeah, he's not first year. He was 2013. Oh yeah. 2013. Yeah. First year is like Yeah. Kauai. So, but that, 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 that's what I'm saying. Kauai was 2012 and 2013. That, that was when they weren't printing, you know, tens of thousands like they do Luca, right? So yeah. if he's right. that type of player, um, I like the the game on the supply demand, you know, ratio for, for the pop report on on Giannis. So I'm a buy. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way again. For Giannis, I'm I'm a sell, actually. And mm. you know, in, in basketball, what we've seen out of Giannis, like you mentioned, 
uh, in your opening remarks, Clark. Um, I think we are now seeing who Giannis is and what kind of player he is. And he's clearly showing that he is not the type of player you give the ball to with you know mm. 10 seconds left to win the game. He's not that type of player. Is he still a freak? Is he still a monster? Is he still of you know like a a, a wonder of nature in terms of like a specimen of a human being? Absolutely, he's a, he's a freak of nature. But generally, basketball fans, enthusiasts, collectors, they like to see that you know like the quote unquote killer instinct. You know, they want to see the MJs. They want to see the Kobe's. That's why people get attracted to like Steph Curry. They get attracted to Kawhi Leonard. They get you know. The latest guys like Luke, uh, Dame Lillard, guys that you give the ball to with 30 seconds left and they just take over the game and win the game for their teams. And Giannis has now had enough seasons, enough playoff runs to show that he, he doesn't look like he's that guy. And I think a lot of people are starting to jump off that that original hype train mm-hmm. where Giannis was like this, you know, oh, he's going to make the playoffs and he's going to do whatever the heck he wants. He's going to spin move and dunk like a hundred times on people. <laughs> he's going to literally have his way. And it's clearly showing that that's not the case. Can he still win championships? Absolutely. Could he win? He could win it this year and his, yeah. his card's probably going to spike a bit. But overall, I, I think for all of those reasons, um, I, I'm going to say a sell and he could, you know, this guy's going to, he could end up being an all time legend. But guys like Giannis, who are complementary players that become all-time legends, like I'm talking about, you know, sorry, sorry, I'm not gonna say complementary, but guys that don't have, they're not like Kobe, they're not like MJ, they're not the, the, yeah. the, the, the give the ball to the last, like, like Tim Duncan, Shaq, like these types of players. Like long term, I think Giannis, you know, if you're to hold his cards for the next 15 years, absolutely, I think he's gonna become an all-time legend. But right now, in the next, you know, five years, I'm, I'm definitely a sell. Hmm. Fair enough. I was just about to roast you for calling him a complimentary, complimentary <laughs> <Yeah>. player. <laughs> wrong wrong <The> wording. <laughs> He's a key guy. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I think when you're sharing, like, people are jumping off the hype train. You know, honestly, I hope more people jump off the hype, tra- hype train because <laughs> I'm buying all the way. <laughs> like, I think Giannis is, I feel like when we look at his career, when he by the time he retires, we'll see that he was an amazing basketball player. And even yeah. if he doesn't win a championship, I hope he does. But even if he doesn't, I think who I compare him to is like uh, Charles Barkley, who's mm. number one. But you can't argue that Charles Barkley had a legendary career. And right. um, his value of his rookie cards, if you look at the you know the iconic Fleer set, right. like, uh, you know, it's it's hard to get one at a decent price because he keeps on going up every year, right? Right, so right, right. I think Giannis, the same thing. And, you know, there's more to choose from for Giannis. So for, as a collector, you know, you could go with NBA hoops and there's a, plenty of par- parallels there that are pretty affordable. I like, I've been eyeing like an NBA hoops gold. It's paper, but mm-hmm. it's under 2000. I think that's a pretty decent buy. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be a good uh, investment. And of course the prism ones, right? But, um, but yeah, Giannis for me is a buy. I think we'll look at the breadth of his career and yeah, it'll be worth the value of the future value of his card. All right, and lastly, for almost for the similar reasons, um, I chose Paul George as a guy who who has a reputation for not performing in the playoffs. <laughs> and Clippers are still in it, right? And and now with Kawhi gone, he's had a couple of decent games. Yeah, more than decent he, games he, where he's he stepped had a up, right? Games, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's that one game where he just misses free throws, yeah. so it kind of <laughs> you know Pandemic took away game. all that. <laughs> so Paul George like you can't argue against his talent either but is he a buy sell or hold for you guys for me he's a buy too I think um, 
he's he's an all star. I mean, he's a, he he's a superstar. And when you look back at his career, you know he's gonna he's gonna put up ridiculous numbers. And you look back and see the available cards that he has. It's not many. There's not many to choose from, especially you know that this is pre prism. So it's like you know, Topps Chrome didn't touch any of that. So. What, right. what are your options, right? So I, I look at prices yeah. like an RPA of uh, of Paul George and like, you know, you're talking RPA National Treasure like for 3500 I think a nine and a half sold for. And to me, mm-hmm. that's like really cheap, you know, co- uh, com- sure. comparing him to other players. So I think he doesn't have a lot of cards available. Yeah. And for the prices that, um, that are selling um, – like I said, 2012, I guess, would be his first prism, and they're like a couple hundred bucks with a pop mm-hmm. of 150, you know. And then yeah. before that, you're looking at, you know, some all these off-brand cards of of kind of like not popular sets, right? So to me, I think he's a, a unique situation where I think the supply and demand is going to kick in big time, big time mm-hmm. after kind of his career uh kind of unfolds right so i'm i'm a buy right now his prices are way too cheap for his talent yeah good point i agree um yeah he was he he came in at that i think he's 2010 it's like an awkward period where i think panini took over the licensing so there's no chrome and they hadn't made a chrome version so they hadn't got into the prisms and selects yet so i think in terms of like paper base there's only Donruss and like Panini Prestige and maybe a handful of other. That Donruss even, card is cool. Yeah, even there's probably a handful of other lesser cards. And then you're yeah. obviously going to get into the RPAs, right? So with that being said, though, I'm going to I'm gonna actually say hold. And the mm-hmm. only reason I say that is because he's still in the playoffs, right? And I think uh, I, I personally believe he's, he's you know, like, I, and I'm sure most people do, but I think they're going to, he's going to get knocked out by the the Suns, we'll see what happens because the O2, you know, down O2 Clippers are the ones that <laughs> end up crushing everybody. But um, I'm gonna say hold right now because I think his prices are probably, you know, holding pretty well, if not bumping up a little bit for the time being. I would rather wait till he gets knocked out, um, and then and then buy in the off season. I think it's kind of come back down pretty low. Paul George overall, I, I've always loved Paul George. You know, we all rag on him, call him Pandemic B, P, and, and laugh at him and stuff. But <laughs> watching this guy, this dude just single-handedly tear apart the Raptors back in the day, I knew, man, this guy this <laughs> this guy is a bucket and a half. Like, this guy can score at will. So I, I personally love Paul George. I think there's going to be a great time to buy this offseason. But right now, specifically, as we talk about you know, heading into to game six, I'm going to say hold for the time being. I don't know. I, I think I struggled with this one the most out of the five today, but I'm going to sell. I think, um, but it's a really good point about the supply of his rookie cards. Like, you know, if, as an as an investment, that's a definitely um, something to consider. But for me, I'm just thinking of him as a player. And, you know, for the arguments I made for Giannis, when I compare him to, when I compare Paul George to Giannis, I feel like Paul George needs to win a championship for his value to increase significantly like to play f- for the clippers which is a s- superstar team and i know Kawhi's injured now but he had the chance last year i think there's an expectation you got to win if you if you went to the clippers for that reason to make your path to the championship that much easier and you don't play up to those expectations 
I don't know. Like, and compared to Giannis, you know, say what you want about Drew Holiday and all those supporting characters, but I feel like there's no one on that level. You don't have two superstars, in my opinion, on the on the Bucks. You know what I mean? And Giannis is still carrying the team to the playoffs, and you could argue what he's doing in the playoffs, but you know, um, that's why I think he can get away with um, not winning a championship, and you could look at the breadth of his career. So, mm. and I don't know. I think Paul George is just a. I might get slack for this, but I just think he's a boring player. He's vanilla. Uh, maybe nowadays, you know, like vanilla ice cream. Just, <laughs> vanilla, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you know, he's just kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Other than those two playoff games recently, but right. I like Paul George. <laughs> but Paul, I, I like Paul George too. You know, Paul, I like George, Paul George. Because he's at, you know what? To be honest, though, because he's in such a unique position, and and Hyung mes- me, you know mentioned this, I think even more than his rookie cards because the Donruss is decent. I like I like the I like it. Yeah. The Prestige looks. I hated those old school pre- prestiges. Yeah. <laughs> they look awful. They just look like such a cheap card. And I don't know what else there is of Paul George. I don't think there's not much else. Um, so I think George is in a unique position. If he ends up carving out, you know, possibly maybe he wins it this year. I don't know, but if he ends up carving out a pretty, you know, like a Hall of Fame career, which he he could, he's 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 sure. he's close to on that path. Like kind of, other than winning championships, he's I I I kind of imagine him kind of similar to like the Paul numbers Pierce's, wise, yeah. Paul yeah, Pierce's of the world, sort of like on that level. Yeah. So he's in a unique position where you can. I think there's opportunities to buy things like first year 2012 prism you know sure. 2015 prism golds like just random stuff because mm. there's there's nothing sexy about his rookie year right so even though it is a rookie <laughs> card yeah sure, um yeah. other than rpas there's really not much to, to you're not you're not gonna lose you know go crazy about that donruss card just because it's a rookie card right so <laughs> he's in a unique position where other supporting cards in in you know other years might have better potential than the rookie card you know i'm, I'm just you know like young kind of pointed that out i think it's a great point yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But to All you, right, to, guys. But hang on. To your point, don't sleep on Chris Middleton, man. People are like, the, the, <laughs> the, you know, like in terms of supersize, this guy. He, I know, like I, you know, when you watch him, you, I'm sure pe- that's he doesn't have that the sexiness. He's not, you're not exactly like a good looking guy. <laughs> but don't sleep, man. I think his 2012 Prism. I don't know about it anymore. I'm sure it's it's you know popped up a bit after his co- last couple of performances. Oh, he's in the 2012 year, eh? He is, and that card. Okay. Uh, as of like a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm sure it's more than this now, but I think it was like under 150 US. Yeah. Wow. So you know that's that's could be a decent buy, and, and and they could win it this year. So you might, I, you know, people have may may have missed the boat, but don't don't sleep on Chris Milton. That guy's a player. <laughs> All right. Listen to Johnny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I think we'll wrap up this week's episode. It was fun. Um, I was thinking maybe next episode you know how we've done the pick one segment instead of me thinking of all three pairs we'll um maybe we each can select a pair and then we'll Ah. see uh, which one we pick i like it sound all right yep i like it sweet all right till then take it easy guys we'll see you again next week thanks everyone hey thanks for listening to cards to the moon we'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at Five Card Guys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at FiveCardGuys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.